I'm Rechard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 194 for the weekend starting 13 October 2017. We'll do 200 this year, I'm sure. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, real technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, SA's first 5G network to go live next month. Also this week, telecoms no longer for sale, Bitcoin is on a tear, and Mother Nature goes berserk. It's Friday the 13th, and that means it's time to talk ghoulish tech. Let's get on. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Friday the 13th. <laughs> Let's do it. Welcome to the show. How's it, Richard? How's it, Duncan? So, um, lots of stuff to talk about this week. It's been quite busy, actually. We're heading into the back end of the year now, mm. six weeks to Christmas, if you can believe it. Oh, the festivities are already in the air now. It's a fantastic time of year. Summer is a bit of rain, a bit of warm. A bit of rain. Summer, <laughs> a bit of rain, a bit of storms. It was a bit of a fluke. Tornado or two. Tornado or two. Show. We'll talk yeah, about that in the crazy. show. <laughs> uh, before we jump into the news, though, let's do our quiz. Do you want to do the first question? Certainly. The first question in this week's quiz, which operator plans to launch a 5G network in South Africa next month on a trial basis? Which company in which Michael Jordan has an investment has launched a machine learning-based unit trust? The third question. Craig Fenter launched an online sports betting service with which mobile operator this week? Who has broadband operator Rain hired as the new CEO of its mobile business? And the last question. Bitcoin hit a new all-time high this week. What level did it reach? And we will accept answers within $100. There we go. We'll get to the answers to the quiz at the end of the show, as always. Um, but uh, yeah, let's get let's get stuck into it. So I don't know, a couple of interesting podcasts this week, uh, Rechart. Um, yeah. I interviewed Craig Fenter, uh, who is the former CEO of Altec and Eltron, Eltron TMT. Mm. He left that group. Still a big shareholder there, but he left that group about two, two and a half years ago. Um, I went out to his um, rather impressive house. Uh, out in the countryside uh, yesterday mm. and sat down with him to talk about his new venture, Clickabet, which is a um, online sports betting uh, website. They've just done a big deal with CellC, um, allowing you to use CellC's USSD menus to place bets on sports events. Nice, I'm like gambling from your phone. I yeah, like it. I'm going to give it a bash this weekend <laughs> and uh, bet on a game. I'm not sure what game yet, but. Uh, I'll probably lose money because <laughs> what I know about sports is quite dangerous. Uh, but uh, it was an interesting chat with Craig. He talked about um, he talked about Ultron, and he was quite open and uh, direct with me about uh, what he f- felt, what, what he feels was done right, and what was done wrong at the company. Um, mm-hmm. He um, said that it was a mistake to buy out the minorities in Altec and delist the company from the JSC. He said he fought that tooth and nail. And uh, he, um, yeah, he's, he's, he was quite forthright in the discussion, um, which I thought was quite refreshing. Uh, worth going to have a listen to that. Definitely. And, and of course, if uh, you haven't heard Rechat's um, new podcast uh, yet, uh, The Best in Tech, uh, go and have a listen to that. The interview we did with, he, he did with um, Logitech. Yitten from Logitech. Yeah. Logitech. And uh, we've got some, you've got some more coming up. Uh, we should yeah, we're busy planning, planning a whole number of these things. Um, Making them really interesting, really interesting talks about tech. I'm looking forward to it. We've got some nice people on the roster and the agenda. And yeah, the plan is definitely to have them weekly. So, yeah. you know, trying to, trying to get some fresh stuff into your eardrums on a weekly basis. So the next, yeah. next one's going to land sometime next, next week? week. Yeah, okay, next so week. Look, out, look out for that. And the other thing I wanted to mention before we dive into the news is that um, if you have a Samsung Galaxy S8, 
uh, and you uh, use podcasts to download, a podcasting app to download, you may have run into some difficulties. Um, I was experiencing this on my S8, and uh, I've subsequently had some listeners uh, um, mail me to say that they're running into similar problems, not just with the Pocket Cast app that I use, but mm. with all podcasting apps on the S8. Uh, they don't download, and in some apps it gives the error handshake failed. Uh, certainly does that in Pocket Casts. And, oh, no, that's good. and uh, I did some research on this, and it's a bug in the latest version of Android that runs on the S8 here in South Africa. Uh, it's a known security problem. It's not a security problem. It's a known um, bug on mm. the on this particular version of S8 uh, that 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 um, that's available on this phone. And it unfortunately, Samsung is very slow at releasing Android updates. Uh, they're, they're, they're in fact terribly slow compared to some of the other Android phone manufacturers. So I don't know when the problem is going to be resolved. But um, there, there is a workaround which I've spoken to Iono.fm about, and they are obviously the distributors of our yeah. uh, of our content. Of our and um, they apparently can make a change on their server, um, something to do with removing a particular cipher from their server, um, which apparently doesn't affect security. So I've, they've been alerted to it, so hopefully the problem is going to be resolved quite soon. Um, yeah, but yeah, they, there, there is a problem with that. So it, it's not just our podcast, it's mm. any podcast that's distributed through iono.fm, so it affects all the Club Central podcasts. Um, all the radio stations that distribute content through that platform. Hmm. Now, as far as I know, it's only it's it's limited to the the Galaxy S8, but there may be other handsets that are affected by this. It's a particular version of Android 7.0. Um, yeah, I'm sure there would be. Yeah, Google's problems. issued a fix ages ago. Uh, it just hasn't been implemented by Samsung. Come on, Samsung, we need you to step up your game a bit. <laughs> I think. So, uh, unfortunately, if you're uh, encountering that problem, hopefully, I'm really hoping it's going to be resolved in the in the next few days on Iono's side. But if you are encountering that problem, I'm afraid you probably have to listen to our podcast via the web, just yeah, for the a moment. Quick solution, yeah. Just load up the page, press that button, just yeah. zoom in, do a pinch zoom um, on the page, and yeah, uh, yeah happy listening. <laughs> so let's dive into the news. And uh, I had a fascinating conversation this week with Ian Stevenson. Uh, he's the CEO of a company called Comsol. Have you heard of them, Richard? I have. They're not the guys that make glass, are they? No, that's Comsol. <laughs> <Console. laughs> no, Comsol. Yes. They've, um, you probably see them if you drive to Pretoria. They're yeah, on the yeah. side of the highway in, in Midrand, just past the Olifensfintin off-ramp on the right-hand side as you're heading north. Yes. Um, and, and they were an interesting company. They raised a huge a ton of investment, hundreds of millions of rands last year, um, or was it about 18 months ago maybe, uh, from the IDC, from Nedbank, and from Convergence Partners, which is the investment vehicle of Andile Abbas. And they've used that money to roll out a national um, high-frequency broadband network for businesses. Uh, and they've pretty much completed that uh, project now, uh, and they've come in under budget. And so what they've done, they've got board permission to use that extra budget that they had left over to build a national inf Internet of Things network using LoRa technology. Uh, so yet another IoT sp uh, player in the space. Um, so yeah, they've um, they've built the network, and they've they've. Uh, They've now built the they're building the IoT network as well, which they now plan to spin off into a separate business in which Comsol will have a shareholding, but they're going to bring other shareholders in as well. So it's going to be a separate yeah. business with its own name, which they'll be announcing early in the new year. But the really exciting news I thought that came out of my interview with Comsol was that they will be launching next month South Africa's very first. 5G network. Oh wow! Uh, now, before 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 ordinary consumers get very excited about this, this is not going to be for your cell phone. 
not yet anyway. Not yet. There's not yeah. nowhere in the world is 5G available for end-user consumer handsets. And this is a business-to-business telecommunications operator. They provide um, wholesale network services through ISPs who then on-sell um, connectivity to businesses. Mm. Uh, you know, companies like Pick and Pay that might have lots of remote sites and that sort of thing. Um, so they, they're bringing in equipment. It's pre-release hardware, but they're going to run a pilot with live customers in the 28 gigahertz band, where, or around the 28 gigahertz band, where they have 280 megahertz of spectrum, licensed spectrum mm. available to them. Delicious. It's the same <laughs> spectrum they've been using to roll out this, this wireless network uh, yeah. countrywide. Yeah. Uh, and they've still got a ton of spectrum left there that they can use. So there's no, no question of that spectrum you know, being, being contended. They could, they could run both these networks in parallel if they chose to. Mm. So they're bringing in this equipment. They're not saying yet who the partner is because they haven't. I don't think they've quite, you know, dotted the I's and crossed the T's yet. Yeah. But they're expecting the equipment in the country soon, and they're going to deploy the network immediately once it's here. It'll involve just a few base stations uh, here in Shaoting, and but they're going to have live customers on the network. They're going to work through some of their partners, which include companies like Internet Solutions and Vox, mm. uh, and they will be um, they will be offering five uh, G services for the first time in South Africa. They say that over this wireless solution, they expect they'll be able to offer a gigabit per second access wirelessly to all of the customers participating in the trial. So wow. uh, each customer on the tower will get a gigabit. Oh, that's pretty impressive. Um, no wire, no strings attached. Yeah, and we're talking we're talking very low latency net mm. here speeds. I mean, that's one of the big advantages of 5G is the low latency involved. So, yeah, they, they get to claim that they're the first um, 5G operator in the country. I suppose, nice, um, yeah. I suppose that bugs the hell out of people like Vodacom because they love to, you know, say, Claim hey, we're first, yeah. yeah. They're always in a race with MTN to, to say we're first. It's just a lot of items they won't be able to add to the next presentation. <laughs> yes. We can live with it. Um, but it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see. 5G you know, coming. Exactly. Mm. And, and just even if its prototypes are not accessible to general public. I mean, yeah. you know, again, leapfrogging technologies just to get, yes. to get the bandwidth we need into the places we can't get it. Yeah. Um, now, of course, this is um, 28 gigahertz, so this is very high-frequency mm. spectrum. And um, I'm not an engineer, but I do know that higher, the higher the frequency, the shorter the distance you can carry it. Yeah. Uh, so that's why, for example, the digital dividend bands with the TV operators are sitting in UHF is so important because that's a low-frequency band, even that's called ultra-high-frequency, um, because uh, the lower the frequency, the further you can propagate the signal. Mm. Uh, so that's why the digital dividend band is so important for rural coverage and why it's a big problem that the broadcasters are still sitting on that spectrum. So 28 gigahertz, I mean, I mean just, to, just, just, just um, and, and, and sorry if um, listeners to the show really know this stuff, but, you know, most of the, the cell phone signals in this country are deployed around a gigahertz, 900 megahertz, 1800 megahertz, mm-hmm. and 2.1 gigahertz. That's pretty much all the spectrum for, that's used for mobile operators. So the highest is around 2.1. These guys are doing 28 gigahertz, so it's, it's, a, it's a very high frequency. Yeah. And it doesn't carry very far and doesn't go into buildings very easily. But for the purposes they're looking at, which is providing a point-to-multipoint um, wireless broadband fixed wireless connection, mm. where you'll have a, a receiver on the side of a building pointed directly at the tower, uh, which, won't, well, which must be at this frequency less than two kilometers away. Uh, it would That's a distance, eh? That's a two kilometers, yeah. Impressive distance yeah. to get gigahertz. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at, at that speed, you couldn't deliver a signal. At that frequency, you couldn't deliver a signal over 
two kilometers to a cell phone. Mm. But when you've got a piece of equipment on the side of the building pointed at the tower, you can do it. Um, so so they're running this as a trial and uh, they, they just want to test it. And if it works, they're going to roll it out. They have to get um, approvals from ICASA to launch a commercial network in terms of the hardware that they want to deploy. Mm. The challenge there is that uh, this technology is so very new that apparently what ICASA normally does is it just takes looks at the approvals in another region and just copies those or, or borrows those. Um, but there are no real, there aren't many regulatory approvals in the 5G space, if any, at the moment. So ICASA can't really. So they have to, if they're going to wanted to approve this uh, immediately, ICASA would have to get a team of engineers to look at it and ascertain, um, you know, frequency interference issues, uh, power. Um, Doesn't ICASA have those cars already? Isn't that what they're supposed to do? <laughs> they, they have some, but yeah, they, they are under resourced regulators. So they no, might, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and as so it may take some time uh, to get to get those approvals, mm. but um, but certainly these guys can claim to be the first five G network in the country servicing end user customers uh, when it goes live in, uh, in 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 the next month or so. Although I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if uh, certain of our friends at the mobile operators are uh, rushing now to get some equipment. Yeah, yeah, just so get it piloted out, guys. <laughs> you can do it so that they can get something up first. Nothing like a little bit of healthy competition. That, uh, <laughs> Indeed. Benefits um, customers, but, but quite exciting that um, quite exciting that, uh, that that people in South Africa are talking five G already. Mm. Um, it's still going to be a year or maybe longer before the maybe two years before the actual global standards are really bedded down. Uh, so these guys are a bit, probably a bit early to market here, but um, quite exciting that someone's actually doing it. Oh, yeah, and that it's one of the sm- and it's a small player, not a, not one of the big big guys. Um, they, 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 the reason they can do this is they've got so much spectrum in the 28 gigahertz band. Now, apparently, according to Ian Stevenson, um, 5G in this region is looks likely to be at 26 gigahertz uh, as the sort of standard for this area, for, for the region we're in. But the US is apparently going to deploy 5G at one of the frequencies it's going to use is 28 gigahertz. So therefore, there will be a lot of equipment manufactured Available. for yeah. the US yeah. market, which they can simply import and use here. And, and that's why the manufacturers are really starting to work on this pre-release hardware uh, and why it's available. Yeah, and I'm sure they give valuable feedback to the manufacturers as well as early mm. testers and early adopters. Yeah. would love to be part of that. That is just a geek fest of night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I doubt there's going to be a 5G tower near my house. Yes, I'd love to participate. <laughs> you know, somebody might be listening, looking for spots to put down at Gold Novice Park. Yeah, there's a... There's a giant uh, tower across the road if they want to use that. Yeah. Just speak to MTN, they, they own it. <laughs> <laughs> and Duncan will gladly test it. Yes, indeed. And I'm, in fact, I already have a huge pole on my roof pointed at that tower. So. Oh, maybe it's well just repurpose. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be one of the first, uh, the first uh, consumers in South Africa to try 5G. Um, but as I say, it's the, the technology in terms of mainstream adoption, mainstream use in mobile f- certainly is a long way away still. Um, but it'll give us the opportunity to start dreaming about what we can do with this yeah. And that's where ideas, yeah. you know, ideas turn into businesses. And, uh, mm. But I, I think this fixed wireless is, is what we're going to see it used for first. Um, I think the, the, the mobile side of it can probably come much later. Because you need, you need a very dense network for 5G. Um, I, we don't know what the final spectrum frequencies are going to be, but a lot of the spectrum that people are talking about reserving for 5G is very high frequency. Mm. So you're going to need very dense infrastructure. Um, I think I might have mentioned in the last podcast. Yeah, we did speak about this. Yeah, we yeah. uh, were chatting to Andile Haber about this, and uh, he said that every street pole is basically going to have a base station in the future. 
um, and everything will be fibered up. Mm. So, mm. yeah, we did swap speak about that quite quite a lot in the last the last episode. So, if you're interested in that, go back and listen to it if you missed it. Um, but yeah, five G is coming. Yeah, five G is coming. I'm slapped with my fiber fiber for the record. I think it's still a bit fiber is great. Yeah, fiber yeah. appreciation. I moment. still think fiber is better than wireless. I think it always will be. I think it yeah. always will be. Yeah, yeah. yeah just sure. because you can. There's no spectrum limitation. Yeah, yeah, there's no limitation. And, and of course, dense wave division multiplexing is just getting better and better and better. Uh, you can pump more and more and more over a single strand of fiber. Um, I mean, these these lines into our homes from Vumatel could probably easily be pushed up to 10 gigabits a second. Easy. Yeah, but then you, you know, which servers are you going to get? Uh, <laughs> what I would like to, what I, a service that I would like to see is let's connect our houses and play some LAN games. <laughs> Everybody on fiber, let's just. Uh, Hook up, uh, you know, direct network ports between the houses. That'd be fun. It'd be <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Although you don't really need to do that. If no, you don't, I guess you don't just do uh, just Xbox do Live or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The good old days of dialing into a PC. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Telcom is no longer for sale. And the share price uh, peaked up a little, picked up a little bit on that. Uh, you remember, they were um, government was talking about selling its mm. f- almost forty percent stake in uh, SAA, sorry, in Telcom to fund, to fund the SAA. black hole at, at SAA, and um, there, there was a lot of politics behind it. Uh, according to reports, Malusi Gigaba wanted the PIC, um, the CEO there is Daniel Majila, to buy the entire forty percent. Uh, PRC's investment rules prohibit them from buying more than 15% of a company because of the risk involved in yeah. too too large an exposure. So they apparently said no. Uh, so there was some political falling out between the two parties. Now, uh, Treasury has said that um, they're not going to sell the stake in Telcom. Um, I think they should sell the stake in Telcom, but probably not under these dis- you know circumstances where, yeah, exactly. where they I mean, it's a fire sale. Uh, but Telcom share price did pick up a bit, fell back a bit later. Um, but yeah, it's what we're not far. I think less than two weeks now from Malusi Gigaba's midterm budget speech, uh, where he is going to have to pull a rabbit out of the hat, um, or he's going to have to announce that we are going to become more indebted as a nation, um, and that's obviously very bad news for the rand and for mm-hmm. we'll almost certainly be downgraded by the ratings agencies. And, uh, yeah, um, it does look like that's the direction we're going at the moment because I don't know where he's going to get the money from at this late stage anyway. Um, it was a great report in Business Day saying that, uh, um, I think it was quoting, I forget who it was quoting, could have been Solidarity or Outer, one of those, uh, saying that um, with all the government bailouts that uh, the government has given to SAA over the years, that money, cumulative amount of that money, could have been used to purchase the whole of Emirates Airlines. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that just shows you what bad management can do and yeah. what a backhaul it can be mm. if it's just not managed properly. Yeah. Um, of course, SAA shouldn't be a... I mean, in the old days, maybe it made some sense to have a national airline owned by the government, but it really doesn't make sense. No, anymore. it doesn't make sense. No. I mean, Britain does. British Airways is not owned by the British government. Mm. Mm. Um, the Americans don't own an airline. Uh, Air France, I think, was privatized. I could be mistaken there. Uh, Emirates, I'm not sure who owns Emirates. I think the government probably has a stake in it, but mm. I'm sure it's not fully owned. 
Um, it needs to be run as the best version of an airline it can be. You know, yeah. Be again, you know, what's its yeah. purpose? Carry people to places. Mm. And, and it's become such across. a competitive market. Maybe in the old days it made some sense because there were so few airlines that's willing to fly here. Mm. Um, exactly. You know, then it, maybe it made sense to to guarantee these routes because it brought tourists here and all that sort of thing. But there's so many airlines flying into South Africa now from all over the world that. Um, you know, if SAA were to disappear tomorrow, I don't think anyone would really notice. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and, and somebody and, uh, will fill that gap very quickly. Very quickly, demand, yeah. very quickly. Uh, I mean, certainly in, in, in South African travel, you know, someone would fill that gap, gap instantly, mm. whether it be um, Fly South Air or Galula or BA yeah. or one of them. Yeah. I mean, that's a very hyper-competitive market. I mean, when last did you actually look for tickets on SAA? I mean, they're no, always expensive. Is a, I think website's atrocious. Oh, yeah, that, that too. But, <laughs> I mean, I guess apart from some international flights, we have seen them to be cheaper at times. Yeah. Um, for local domestic flights, I can't remember the last time. The only time I flew SAA was when I was bumped off. One flight was cancelled and they yeah. filled up SAA flight. They are expensive. And um, and, and I actually d- I prefer not to fly them just because they've you who they are. Mm. <laughs> I'd rather actually give my my hard-earned money to someone like Kalula or um, or Fly Safe Air or one of those guys yeah. because I know that they, you know, they're in a real fight, unfair fight with this behemoth that's subsidised by taxpayers. Um, so and these guys are really innovating the market space. I mean, uh, Kalula, for example, they've got some really nice services. You know, mm. doing the car hire after. I mean, a lot of guys have followed this trend, and I guess mm. it's not as unique anymore. But the experience of booking a ticket through them, for example, is mm. pleasant one. You know, mm. and I like the look and feel, and they've got a quirky brand. The kind yeah. of thing you want to support for sure. Yeah, just want to fly to some of the smaller airports. Where this is Kalula. Yeah, Kalula. Yeah, I, I just wish they'd get their airlines to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, the old flying on time. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever caught a Kalula flight that's been on time. <laughs> uh, most recent example was just last week coming back from Cape Town. Um, anyway, this, this uh, episode of Airline Central is brought to you by... <laughs> <laughs> Airline Central by the brand new flight simulator. <laughs> right, back to the show notes. Oh, we're talking about telecom. Um, so, yeah, the, the state will continue to own a 39.3% stake in telecom. That's another stake that makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Sell it, um, but sell it sensibly. Don't don't put it up the whole thing up for sale and and crash the share price. You, there are ways of diluting your stake over time, or you find a strategic equity partner, some big player that's willing to come in at a certain price and buy it out, mm-hmm. entire, your stake out entirely. Um, but like in airlines, the state doesn't need to be in telecommunications anymore. Um, yeah, back in the old days when when uh, you know it was the Postal, it was a PSD, the, you know, when it was, um, what did they call it? It was a post office, basically, yeah, yeah, provided yeah. you with a yeah, telephone yeah, yeah. line. Um, where it's now a highly competitive market. Mm. Um, telecom, thankfully, has been much better managed than SAA, um, mainly because government stayed out of it. And that's why I think it's a good idea to hold on for it, but also if that portion of it is mismanaged. It's the right time to sell it when it's doing well, because then you make a good return. Right now, yeah. it would actually be the wrong time to sell SAA because it's not worth anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you probably have to pay someone to, to take it off your hands. Uh, but telecom is, you know, it's done all right. Mm. Um, it's it's done in the circumstances. It's done pretty well. And that's probably the right time to offload it. Um, at least start to minimize your stake in there. And mm. um, you know, they, you speak to politicians about telecom and they say it's a strategic asset. And you ask them, well, in what way is it strategic? And they can't answer you. 
what it was to teach it many, many moons ago. Yeah. But, but now and it, the landscape has changed. I mean, they've had to become innovative to survive, yeah. Yeah. and that's why we like them now for, for that. Mm. Um, but the landscape has changed, and they're really not. I mean, we can do without them yeah. if it really comes down to it. Yeah. But there is still a massive opportunity for them to be so successful. But I think this is also what happens when you know government doesn't run the country like a business. Mm. There's too many other agendas, I guess. You know, if it's run like a business, and the you politics need to look gets involved. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But that's wh- that's where tel- they've got it right with telcom, and I, I don't know. I can only imagine it's happened by fluke. Mm. They've got a strong board chaired by Jabba Mabuza, who's a very strong individual. Um, uh, and a strong CEO in Sipo Maseko, and they've worked very well together, and they've managed that relationship with the mm. government. Um, and it's a major turnaround, because if you look at um, Telcom just five years ago, uh, Nombulelo Pinky Mohodi was the CEO, and she had a fractious relationship with the Minister of Communications then, Dina Pule. Mm. Uh, to the extent where um, the minister arrived at an annual general meeting of telecom shareholders and voted against all the resolutions without the board knowing it was going to happen. <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's a disaster. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I mean, you know, I mean, that minister's now gone, thankfully. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's... You know, they're, they're good, good way. If you're going to hang on to your stake in one of these enterprises, then telecom is the model of how to do it. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing at SAA. Um, now they've got a new CEO at SAA, Viani Girano, who comes from Vodacom. Um, very brave man. Um, but the problem there is a dysfunctional board led mm-hmm. by a dysfunctional chairwoman in the form of Dudu Mieni, uh, and she's only there because the president wants her there. Um, so I think Vuyani Jarana is very brave going into that situation, knowing that this chairwoman is there and this board is dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different story. You're going to Telcom if you see Pumaseko. When you're going to Telcom, you've got a really strong board um, who will shield you from the excesses and stupidity yeah, of the government yeah. um, and, and give you the space you need to make the decisions without any political interference. Uh, it's amazing that in this country there can be two examples of state-owned enterprises that are so differently managed. Mm-hmm. Um, one has to ask why, why? Why does nobody learn from the one and apply it to the other? Yeah. I mean, it, it begs the question, is telecom, the way telecom is being governed, is it a fluke? And also I guess it happened out of necessity because, you know, for a long time it was the only thing, it was the only way to... I guess connect people and get phone lines in. Yeah, I mean, if they hadn't done it, Telcom would have been gone to the. It would have needed a bailout, like like SAA. Yeah. No, but there's no willingness to fix SAA. Maybe it's because Zuma has no interest in telecoms. I don't know. Uh, whereas he might, he's interested <laughs> in the airline. Um, airline is more prestigious. Yeah, it's it's it, it's it's actually bizarre that that you've got these two yeah. completely opposite examples of how to do things. And yeah, no, no. There seems to be no willingness to apply the lessons from telecom to other state-owned enterprises. Yeah, mm. let's but take an ad break. We'll be back right after this. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin, and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Box Fiber. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. 
For more information, visit vox.co.za. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Oh, welcome back to the show. How's it, Richard? How's it, Duncan? Bitcoin. You haven't bought any. Cha-ching. Hey? No, <laughs> I've given up on my Bitcoin dreams. Probably but too late now. Yeah, exactly. $5,800. Over $5,800 this morning. Uh, I haven't actually checked this afternoon. Let me go in and have a quick squiz here. Um, Bitcoin, US dollar. Currently, it is 344 on Friday afternoon. And Bitcoin is trading at $5,615.37. Still not bad for a few you know, binary digits floating around a graphic <laughs> card that you ultimately produce into a cryptocurrency that can be uh, no. tracked. Yeah. Not it's, tracked. So it's risen by about 17% in the last two days. That's a pretty good return. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who knows where it's going? It's uh, who actually knows where this thing is going? You, you know, no, I think don't, I think I think anyone who says they know where it's going is, is just thumb sucking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this could go either way, but there has been so many so many people cleverer than us who has said, you know, kind of talked about the future of Bitcoin and the application of it in today's mm. digital age, and you can't deny that the concept is. Almost, it's it's almost something that there is going to be a version of this. You know, we we're going to be using digital currency, cryptocurrency, regardless. Mm. Might be an iteration of Bitcoin, or it might be Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, that's what makes it so exciting. Yeah, truly digital, tr- truly the stuff of movies. Yeah, certainly Bitcoin is 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 taking the lead in the cryptocurrency market. Mm. It's um, over fifty percent of the value of all crypto now, uh, which is makes it by far the biggest. And um, you know, the, the, these splits, these forks in Bitcoin that keep mm. happening don't seem to really affect it very much, its value. I mean, the pe- market seems to just shrug it off. Uh, yeah, exactly. There's apparently another potential split coming next month or in November. But the market is showing no signs of being concerned about it. Hmm. Bitcoin Cash, that was the last split. It's also doing well. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, all the cryptos are up. Ethereum today is up 12.4% in wow. one day. Um, Bitcoin today is up 6% currently, uh, up 6.1% in RAND terms, which means the RAND is weakening. No, actually, the RAND is strengthening. That doesn't make sense. Should we, should we start looking at RIC? Should we, should we build something to start mining Bitcoin? Is it too late for that? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, you still Unless can't... you go big farm, farm size. You still can't buy a bloody graphics card in this country. On the certain graphics cards that are used for mining. But um, it's, it's madness. Uh, I don't think you can compete anymore. I mean, the the Chinese are are all over this thing. They're using the free hydroelectricity in China to 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 build massive farms to mine. Uh, I think Amazon Web Services being used quite extensively as well for mining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, know, uh, you can get in still probably, but you're probably not going to make a huge amount of money. Look, I think uh, the hackers and the crackers, who are the guys that hijack browsers to mine Bitcoin, I think that's the way. <laughs> <laughs> Get the collective world involved. Yes. 
It makes a lot of sense. I mean, a little bit from a lot of people. Yeah, except these guys are talking about doing it surreptitiously. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I mean, this is your BitTorrent downloads, and next thing that. you know, your mine, your computer's turned into a crypto mining rig. I did come home the other day. My computer by my PC, the notebook there, was running like full. The CPU was running full, and my first thought was crypto. Was 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 there a browser pop up ad somewhere that I didn't close that yeah. is now doing that? On my beautiful fiber connection, sending out <laughs> 50 megs, <laughs> 50 meg up. Hey, look, it's possible. I mean, mm. they don't have to take over your computer. It's just mm. a rogue, uh, rogue, rogue ad or rogue uh, coded injection. I didn't realize you could just do it through a pop-up ad. Well, oh, that's what I thought they yeah. did. I mean, that's, wow, that's what frightening. I thought you'd be able to do. That's frightening. Well, if you click on it still, I mean. Yeah, that's frightening. That's still. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Well worth looking into, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying Bitcoin. I just... My philosophy is don't invest in something you don't fully understand. <laughs> and I certainly don't fully understand Bitcoin. How's the shares going? But, oh, you understand that? <laughs> no, my shares are tanking too. <laughs> Do not take share advice from me. Um, just looking here. Maybe you should buy shares in Bitcoin. Oh, sorry, we tried that. <laughs> yeah, my shares are looking bleak. Anyway, let me close that browser window before I start crying. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on Moving very on. swiftly. Let's talk about the weather. Mm. Now, this doesn't sound like tech, but uh, I'm sure we can find a tech angle for it. So massive thunderstorms that came through Joburg, and then the next day, it was earlier this week, I uh, forget the exact days, but yeah. uh, went down to Durban, and Durban got it even rougher than we did by the mm. looks of it. Yeah, massive floods there. But uh, here where I live in Randburg, uh, the Golden Harvest Park, which is a huge park below the dome for anyone who knows Johannesburg, uh, tornado ripped through there, um, uh, actually hit a friend's house on the other side of the dome, uh, and then ripped through some um, cluster complex uh, just up on Drysdale Road near the dome. Uh, and apparently, I'm going to go look this weekend, but apparently there was extensive damage across the park from this tornado. And a tornado in Johannesburg is just such a freak thing. It's yeah, I mean, you don't see it, but also the scary fact that it could land. I mean, we've seen it land, but... Mm. We also, quite, I mean, there's a lot of densely populated areas here. Something like that in the wrong spot yes. could wreak havoc. Yes. I mean, we don't, we're not used to that kind of natural no. disasters in this country. Because tornadoes normally um, occur on a, over a flat plain, which is mm. why they're so mm. common in the Midwest in the U.S. and why you see them in, even on the East Rand here. Yeah. Um, down yeah. Nigel Way, Heidelberg, where you hear a lot about tornadoes there in the Free State, that sort mm. of thing. But mm. not usually in Joburg because it's quite hilly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it literally touched down um, less than a kilometer from my house. Um, so oh, I better go right. check my insurance policies. <laughs> Make sure everything is. <laughs> it's maybe it's also time to put some webcams up everywhere outside to yeah. capture these things. Yeah, it's, it's so so rare though. I mean, you know, you'll put if the you webcam up. If you don't record, you'll never get it. Eh? <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And then of course, Durban got hit by severe flooding from mm-hmm. the same system as it was leaving the country to the east coast. But the tech angle is that uh, this had a big impact on telecommunications operators. Yeah. Um, MTN announced that, especially in Durban, they were, sorry, here in Joburg, they were hit by um, outages in 80 towers, I think it was. Yeah, I couldn't. There was, I, thought, mm. I thought I was out of data, and it, it bugged me for a bit because I knew I wasn't, and I kind of fumbled around everything. But, yeah, it, I definitely noticed that. It, mm. was, it was for a while, and it was, mm. yeah, it was massive. Yeah, it mainly seemed to affect the East Rand, uh, where there was a massive explosion at some yes, refinery yes. or, or electric substation or something there. I think it was a substation, and um, so there was the there was a huge power outage in Jet Park and the areas around the mm. airport, and that mm. obviously affected MTN uh, at sites where they didn't have uh, backup. But Telcom seems to have been even her harder hit, uh, especially down in Durban, um, where there was extensive flooding. Uh, 
I'm not sure how much rain actually fell in that thunderstorm, but I think it was well in excess of 100 millimeters. Yeah, I think I saw somebody say 100 and something yeah. millimeters, definitely. In a very short space of time. And uh, I saw the Toyota Prospectin plant was damaged. Mm. Uh, and uh, Telcom saying that uh, they have outages all over the place because of it, because they're... Um, their uh, underwater, their so the underground systems got flooded. Their telephone exchanges got flooded. Yeah, yeah. Extensive damage. So um, they they had a repair teams and called up technicians and people working overtime. But it was freak weather. Um, I mean, I, I grew up in Durban, and uh, you do get an occasional storm like that, but it's quite rare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the other storms, and, and we're talking about global, uh, uh, you know, global warming and these things. Mm. And how can you how can you deny it when you see these odd patterns? popping up. I mean, we've been seeing it for a while now. Mm. Everything's shifted, you know. These yeah. rains used to come a month, a few weeks earlier, but now everything is just kind yeah. of moving up. You know, our yeah. top peak in summer is hot. January as yeah. well. It's not yeah. December like it used to be, or that's how I experienced the last few years. You know, it just seems like everything shifted up a bit. And it's definitely, I mean, there's no doubt that the, the earth is warming up. Um, I, you know, you, no one can deny that. It's mm. in the numbers. Mm. Uh, I think where the, the uh, debate is, is whether it's caused by man or not. <laughs> Um, I yeah, think that is uh, debatable. Yeah, I mean, my my view is that of course it is, but uh, yeah, no, certainly we have m- a massive impact. But I guess you mm. can also argue that you know this planet has been doing these things for a much longer time than what we've been sure. around. Sure, but we're and doing it has it, to go through phases. We're doing it in a compressed period of time. I mean, this this heating of the planet is happening, you know, in a very in very quick succession. Mm. Um, um, and what you know, what the impact is in the longer term, I don't think we really know, don't really understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this episode of Weather Central. <laughs> 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 that is our news for this week. Um, let's do our winner and loser record. Um, yeah, I think our loser this week, I've, I've picked the SABC uh, because people have stopped paying their TV licenses. Yeah, oh, I'm one of them. I keep getting an SMS, yeah. but I've sent mails to them to say I'm cancelling. They can come around to check. I don't know. Yeah. Did you get rid of the receiver? Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, um, um, but but 17% decline in revenues from mm. from TV licenses in the last year. And now that's occurred in the year that Cloudy Motswaneng was doing his most dam- most damage. So maybe there'll be a tick up again now that he's gone. Um, but certainly, I think a lot of you. Sp- I've spoken to a lot of friends who said, no, "I'm not paying this anymore." I, I refuse to support uh, corruption on that scale. Mm. Or, you know, it's the money being wasted, not going to where it should. I mean, the public broadcast could be a fantastic thing, you know, mm. but it's not. Yeah. It's not, and it's been run into the ground, and now it's looking for a bailout. Yet another state-owned enterprise mm. looking for a bailout. So that's our loser this week. SABC um, people have stopped paying TV licenses. I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do resent paying it. And our winner this week is Comsol for being the first company in South Africa to launch. Well, they haven't done it yet, um, so maybe we might have to revisit this <laughs> later. But, <laughs> but uh, should they do? You never know. Someone might jump in and say, well, we're going to do it first. <laughs> but um, certainly it looks like they're going to be the first. So our winner this week, Comsol, for bringing the first 5G network to South Africa. What's your pick this week, Rehard? So, I am going through a process of doing, I haven't done one in a year or two, but you know your yearly purge where you reinstall software in your machine and just get rid of all the clutter and the gunk files that gets installed over time. So, this weekend is my uh, kind of reinstall of my computers and I was looking for, I mean, I've done the backup, so I've got, you know, all my files backed up on Dropbox thanks to Fiber and all those things. So, you know, you go through the steps, back up your apps, back up your folders, what are you going to sync back, your mail, all those kind of things. 
as I was backing up my files, I also wanted to make sure that I don't have duplicates. And then I came across this really cool app called Gemini. Now it's part of the set app um, app streaming service. We spoke about that. That was my pick quite a while ago. But set app allows you to pay ten dollars and you get access to fifty various types of utilities and applications. Mm-hmm. And Gemini was one of them. And I really and you can buy it separately as well. It's obviously available on the Mac Store um, as a separate uh, product. But what's really nice is it compares files and folders and versions, and also files. So for photographs, for example, it'll find photographs that are clumped together or that should be together. So if you did shots consecutively of a scene, like a bridge or something, you know, it uh, it'll then find them and tell you, okay, these do belong together. But okay. more importantly, it uh, really helps with duplicate files because I do a lot of backups of backups, and right. sometimes you know you copy f- folders into something and you kind of forget that they yeah so it was really handy and i saved a couple of couple of gigs i think 15 gigabytes cool. of data that was just duplicate stuff duplicate email uh, uh, photographs folders which was a big thing because mm-hmm. you know you have a system in place but f- they do end up you know mm-hmm. getting messed up um if you buy it separately it's a 19 dollar app 19.99 um and it is very very cool uh, i I like it. It's, it's going to save me a lot of time in backing up you know, the data that I already have duplicates of. So time saving and helps me to clean up uh, my storage space. So that is Gemini 2. We'll have a link in the description and I highly recommend it. Great. Is it available for Windows? Uh, no, no. This is a Mac by a company called MacPaw Inc. I don't think they do okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of limiting themselves with their name, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Gemini. How do you spell Gemini in a normal Gemini way? Gemini in a normal way. Gemini okay. 2. Cool. My pick this week. Recha, do you use Facebook Messenger on your phone? I do, actually, quite a lot. Okay. Surprisingly a lot, but yes. But you have an iPhone, so yeah, yeah. unfortunately my pick this week won't apply to you. It's for Android. Oh, um, Who uses Android? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Facebook... Um, messenger on Android and I'm sure it's the same on iOS I haven't mm. used it on iOS is a pig uh, it's a piece of bloatware it's about 250 megabytes for the download um, what well, certainly is on, on my iPad I haven't checked the actual size on Android uh, but it's it's bundled with all sorts of stuff you just don't all those emoji cons that plus you can do all sorts of things with it like call an Uber and do all sorts of stuff mm. which mm. you know I don't want in a never messaging app so I I saw this on The Verge, actually, um, and I downloaded it. It's uh, Facebook Messenger Lite. It's Messenger meant for emerging markets, um, like Facebook Lite in, in yeah, Android yeah, Store. Yeah. It's only available for Android, and it's fantastic. It's a, it does the business of being a messaging app, which um, Facebook Messenger, unfortunately, has mutated into this monster that's got all the stuff in it that mm-hmm. you don't want. Mm-hmm. But like WeChat. I don't use WeChat because it's loaded with garbage. Yeah. Um, Facebook Messenger Lite is just a messaging app, and it's light, it's tiny, it's fantastic, nice. and you get all your messages from Facebook without all the clutter. But you get images and things. You can receive yes. and send, but if you don't have all that weird yeah. third-party stuff there. Yeah, it's, with, it's, it's, face, it's Messenger without the, without the, the gunk. extraneous mm-hmm. gunk. Yeah. So I uninstalled oh, Messenger cool. on my phone, installed Messenger Lite, and I'm very happy. So nice. great tip there. If you're using Android and you... Uh, you don't want this messenger app on your phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it requires so many permissions as well when you install the full version. The light version still Facebook. requires quite a few, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's a great app. So dump messenger, get messenger light if you're on Android. It's uh, hashtag dump, mes- dump Facebook messenger, <laughs> get light. Yes, uh, so it's a great little app that, and uh, you can't really not use Facebook messenger these mm-hmm. days because mm-hmm. so many people message you on Facebook. And Such an uh, easy way yeah. to communicate. It really, mm-hmm. it really works. Yeah. 
So, I think that's our show, except for our quiz. Uh, let me do the first question. Which operator plans to launch a 5G network in South Africa next month on a trial basis? And that is Comsol, not to be confused with the glass company. No, not Comsol. <laughs> <laughs> Second question. Which company in which Michael Jordan has an investment has launched a machine learning based unit trust? And the answer there is numerical, spelled N-M-R-Q-L. Very trendy. Yes. Craig Fenter launched an online sports betting service with which mobile operator this week? And that is Celsi. The fourth question. Who has broadband operator Rain hired as a new CEO of its mobile business? And the answer there is Willem Roos, the CEO of Outsurance. Interesting uh, hire that. I actually spoke to Michael Jordan, who's the chairman uh, and investor in Rain, chairman of Rain Mobile. They're going to be launching their mobile services. You know, they've only done fixed, yes. fixed wireless so far. They're going to be lo- launching their mobile services in beta form before the end of this year. Nice. And our fifth question: Bitcoin has a new, has hit a new all-time high this week. What level did it reach? And uh, we said we'd accept answers within a hundred dollars. And the peak was $5,856.10. Touching. <laughs> that's a few rand. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's our show this week. As always, if you've got any feedback, please do drop us a mail. Info at techcentral.co.za. We'd love to get your feedback. We read all your messages. Until next time, from Rechard and myself, cheers. Ciao, ciao.